welcome to episode 88 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McManaman. In this week's podcast, Sean and I are discussing the topic of wellness programs. So, with that, let's go ahead and start the show. Sean, how's it going? Good, Les. How are you today? I am chilly. Chilly, yeah, I know. <laughs> Chilly to say the least. Yeah, it's pretty cold here. People think that, you, that you, North you, Texas is always hot, and, and it's not the case. Yeah, I know. I wasn't going to ask you about that, if, if if Californians think that just Texas is always hot. Yeah, I think that's the general consensus. They think that Texas is always hot. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, now that we're recording, let me tell them it's not. Yeah. That This morning was 17 degrees, and when I was driving home from work, it was 28 degrees. So yeah, it was it was chilly. Yeah. It was chilly. We knew it was coming. I mean, you know, the they they called it, but uh, uh, it was it was definitely cold. We were supposed to get uh, possible sleet. I think most of that hit south of us, actually. So Austin, San Antonio. I know our facilities were shut down. Yeah, I know. I, I have a guy in Houston right now that's uh, trying to move equipment, and and no no truckers are on the road. Nothing's moving. So. Yeah. Yeah, he got hit pretty good. So, and I'm yeah. sure I'm sure the people, uh, people in Colorado and Massachusetts are laughing at them. Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no doubt that uh, there's varying degrees of of difficulty when it comes to this weather, right? You know. So I remember when I was in Buffalo, they laughed at me when my car was covered up, saying that was no big deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, I guess it's all what you're used to, right? Yeah. But you're right. Most people think that Texas is. Uh, not ever cold, and that's just not true. Yeah, so. the panhandle so all really you people, bad weather. Panhandle's really usually bad. That's yeah. true. So, how's the weather out your way? Yeah, not bad. It's steady, steady Eddie out here in San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, yep. I'm sure everybody enjoys listening to us talk about the weather. I know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> they listen to us just for the weather update. Yeah, just two minutes of weather. <laughs> that's what they get. There you go. So. Relatively, it's the uh, it's the new year. What what's today? The sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, with New Year comes all the uh, New Year's resolutions. And, um, and by the way, how do you how do you feel about New Year's resolutions? Do you think that's it's a joke? Do you think it's a good idea to do? Or well, in 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 my mind, you should always be planning for for your near term and your long term. So so. You never heard that on this show, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. And I, I mean, personal, personal planning um, and, and, you know, tying business in here. So objectives, strategic goals, things like that. So the new year, new year and a, and a, a resolution. I don't like the word resolution. It should be, it should be what is, what is your plan for yourself and your, your work life, your personal life, your travel life? Um, right. The, the body, mind, soul concept of, of all three. Yeah. Of all three sides of your whatever pyramid ha- has to be in line, and and you should always you should always have a long term plan, and then your your shorter term plan being a year or, or you know six month increments should be adjusted and looked at all the time. Now with January coming, is it a good time to reflect on what happened last year and what this year brings? Yes, but you should have been planning that you know in the fourth quarter what you're going to do um, yeah, for your, your strategic goals, personal goals. So let's go ahead and say most people aren't like that. 
<laughs> well, yeah. Okay, so that's a good question. If, if most people yeah, are like yeah. that, do they just amble around hoping that... Amble, that, amble. I'm not sure I know what the word amble means. Amble kind of wander, kind of... Kind of wander like, around, okay. Yeah, look, you know, looking... Like if you're ambling around, you almost you almost can see somebody with their head up in the air bumping into things. It's almost <laughs> it's almost like a careless so, wander. So I call that the Magoo syndrome. Yeah, Mr. Magoo. Yeah, Mr. Magoo. You know how he just wandered and everything just seemed to work out okay for him. Right. But he didn't know where he was going. So so, is that it? Are most people Mr. Magoos? I think there's a high population of them. Yeah. Uh, hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this podcast cause she's one of them. <laughs> oh, no. You're in trouble. <laughs> and, and she'll admit it. Oh, my. So that's, that's <laughs> she'll admit it. Yeah. Interesting study yeah. because, you know, we talk about planning and I, I myself, you know, I, I like to have things written down and goals set and, and, and work towards them. And that's not a crock really. Cause I, I do like to call people out when they, when they are just spewing nonsense. Um, yeah. just to sound good. So personally, I, you know, I, I do those things and, and I get as much done as I, as I can, but I realize if I fall short, it's because I didn't do what I should have done at the given time. So it's always a learning process and a, and a corrective action process to try to put it in some kind of quality terms. So do you think that's a character trait? Uh, maybe it's a maturing trait. I don't know. I, I'm sure I wasn't like a, a wisdom was trait in my, yeah, maybe a wisdom. Yeah. Trait. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I know that I wasn't like that when I was, you know, in high school and uh, college, maybe a little bit, but I really didn't become what like, you know, I didn't become organized and, and a planner until, you know, later in life, mm. you know, after I started seeing the value um, that it could keep me out of, but I know plenty of people that understand the value and still aren't willing to do what it takes to, to keep it, you know, running that way. So I don't know. I, and I guess the, the reason I bring this up, so we, we talked about this, you know, this being kind of our, I think this is actually our second podcast into the new year. It's not actually our first, but, um, you know, the reason we're bringing this up with resolutions and all that kind of stuff is we wanted to touch on today, um, on wellness programs. So seems to be a big trend. You know, one of the things I would be curious about after, you know, this podcast is over is, is, is if this trend, uh, is happening only in the United States. Uh, but, you know, hearing from our, uh, some of our foreign listeners, you know, is this something that is, is already in place in foreign countries? Uh, you know, or is this something that is totally, um, you know, off their radar? So, you know, that is one thing I, I'd like to understand, but, uh, you know, we just wanted to kind of touch on wellness programs and, and see, um, see what people think, kind of talk about what we've done in the past, what we've seen in the past, and, you know, some of our thoughts on, you know, what a wellness program could and should look like. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I guess so the first thing we should touch on is, is why would a company even worry about having a wellness program? Well, I, I think... I think it's a pretty easy answer, but go ahead. Yeah, but even even more so than you know, healthy employees that come to work. It, it's kind of right. in my mind, the company should be interested in you as an entire person. That 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 you are at work for whatever eight or twelve hours a day, however long you sit behind your desk or sit you know in a forklift to do what you do. But right, it, it should be a genuine. Cons- concern or at least a, a, an, an open 
interest in the person as a whole. Um, I think, I think times are different now compared to, you know, maybe 50 years ago where, you know, the, the, the office machine, the, the boss would just say, come to work and plow through it. I don't care what happens at home. You got to get this done. Where now it's a little bit more rounded. Hey, are you getting out to exercise? Are you, are you spending enough time with your family? Make sure that you take vacation because if you don't take vacation, you're going to lose it. And if, it, and, and that's not a punishment. It's, it's, it's so that you go and spend time outside of the office so that you can be better when you get back. I mean, that's at least the idea. I don't know how many people are better. They're more tired coming back from vacation <laughs> than before they left, probably. From, yeah, they, usually what you hear is, I'm so glad to be back at my house. So did they really enjoy it? You know, you mentioned, you said one word there that I think is really key to pick up on, and that is a genuine program or a genuine care um, for uh, the employee's health. And I think that that's something that as a company starts thinking about a, you know, some sort of program or some sort of wellness program, having, having it in place to where it truly is, you know, helping the employee overall. So I'd say what the company, the company should do is provide an avenue for the employee to help themselves. I mean, I guess that's the thing too. You don't want to see a company impose upon somebody something that they don't want to do. Um, you can encourage, I think it's good to encourage and, and create a culture. Like we talk about a culture of quality and a culture of, of accountability, safety, account yeah. culture of safety. It should be a, a culture of well being as well, you know? Yeah. Because you know, when you think about it, if, if you have people that smoke, telling them not to smoke anymore is really not going to change their ways, you know, providing, you're providing incentives at least is is something that you can do and 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 it can be and I go back to the word genuine a a genuine outreach to somebody if you provide them an incentive an incentive to help them get past the habit like that right so you know I think one of the biggest areas of focus when you talk about these wellness programs is always weight or it's some sort of of metrics that float around weight, whether it be BMI, whether it be good blood pressure, whether it be, you know, glucose, you know, all those different metrics and measures of some sort of health. Um, You know, I I often wonder if, if we're invading into an area that could be dangerous, you know, because like you said, we're going into the employees' lives. Do we need to be does a company need to be going into, you know, employees' lives? No, like I, yeah, no, I, I don't think so. That's why I stay, I stay kind of on the outside of that with the, the availability of programs to help you. Because mm-hmm. any kind of lasting change, the employee has to want to do it. So that, That's a great point right there, that at the end of the day, it's got to be the employee that wants to actually make a change. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I, I so talk about incentives for people to do things. Now the company has to be aware. And that's why I keep going back then to the the uh, you know ogre boss. The ogre boss can't make you work twelve hours a day and then say yes, but I want you to go home and work out at the gym. 
no, yeah. that ain't gonna work. You're just you're just too tired after <laughs> after staying there for twelve hours a day. Now that's where that's where the dialogue between the employee and the the manager leader has to be has to be clear. If if, if the employee goes to the gym three times a week and and you know a lot of work is coming down the pike, you know there's got to be some kind of discussion that says, all right, hey, if you're gonna go to the gym in the morning, fine, come in at nine o'clock, but then you know expect this much done, you know by six o'clock at night or something, you know, just, I'm, and, and, and the reason I guess maybe I bring that up and I do it to myself. It's not like the employee, my employer is having me work here. I'm having a good time and enjoy my job. I bring my gym clothes and I look at it by five or six o'clock at night and I'm like, oh, I'm too tired to go to the gym. So I know myself, <laughs> I've got to, what I have to do is I have to go to the gym in the morning because if I go to the gym in the morning and I like being a morning person, then it's not a problem. I feel better. You and I, I feel better. All you day. and I are opposite there. Yeah, I, I feel better all day. I, I can't do it. I wish I could, but I can't. I, my bones don't seem to want to move that early in the morning. <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> yeah, I just so so that's the rub, right? You know, why are companies getting involved in this? And and you know, and ha I'm sure it has to do with you know, like you said, uh, part of it being you know the the employer wants his their employees to be well-rounded and healthy and all that kind of stuff but isn't the the medical side of this the bigger piece of the pie the reason is because of our skyrocketing uh, health costs well i mean you brought up smoking for example you know how many people are having smoking related issues uh, and you know if we obviously know if they Quit smoking, that would reduce some of that. Right. And, and it depends. Upon so what, so that's the rub, right? right. It, and it depends upon what kind of plan you're in and how big the plan is and how big your company is. If, if you're two, you know, the two people that smoke in your office, if they quit, will it really reduce insurance rates for everybody? You know, right. You, you, I mean, you would hope so. But besides, yeah, besides the dollar value, you want, you want those people to be healthy and, you know, the, the, yeah, because you also need them at the office. Right. The judgment, the judgment so of being healthy too is, is kind of like getting into people's business. Business. Well, yes. You, you never I know. Agree. You could have a, you could have a smoker that just never gets sick. So you can't assume, yeah. you can't assume that if you're, if you're a non-smoker, you will be in the office more than a smoker. Yeah. When it comes to sickness, now taking smoke breaks, that could be a different story and you have to manage that as, as the leader of the group. But, but uh, right. You know, the, the 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 part that I want to get to is that any change, you have to realize that it's going to take long. It's going to be long and slow. You can't you can't okay. all of a sudden like lay a carpet of a carpet of wellness programs and, on top of everybody and think that hey, this time next year you'll save twenty percent on our on your insurance premium. Yeah, you know, I, I and that's a great point that you brought up because I know that. Uh, you know, a lot of companies, when they look into these things, they're thinking there's a, you know, two or three year return on investment. And then if you read, you know, articles, you're talking, you know, 10 to 15 years before something really starts to take hold. Right. Because it is it's and, a cultural shift. Yeah, it's a huge cultural shift. And and quite honestly, your your employees are your your employees are changing. You've got people that have been there for a long time, which are going to be hard to change but then you've got new employees coming in employees going out you know so the so actually capturing that culture and getting the change in place is is very challenging but i would assume that the whole reason you know a wellness program would be 
uh, enticing to an organization is because there would be a a break in the insurance cost. You you, you wouldn't go into it. Yeah, you, you wouldn't go into it unless you did have some kind of payback like that. You know, whether yeah. it's a break in insurance cost or more more productivity out of the people that work for you, it all has to play into the the return on investment. Yeah, because other than that, your employer would probably just say, "Well, hey, I'm just going to pay for everybody to have a gym membership, and you know, y'all just need to go three times a week." <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> which you know, I don't know how well that would go I don't over. Think but, that would go over you know, well at all. I don't think so either. But and and then of course, then I hear about uh, you know companies putting gyms in their facility, which you know that brings with it a lot of challenges. Uh, yeah, you know, as to insurance, the insurance uh, liability insurance in in a uh, an office gym would be probably higher huge. than yeah higher than the, the delta you'll get on healthcare insurance. Yeah, and then, then how many people are actually using it and going to it as opposed to you know coming home or going to their own gym or you know things like that. So I really think that having your own facility really is not a good option at all unless you're just a mega company well, that has money you can you don't know what to do with well i don't know you know i i would i would debate that with you okay um, only because it's a it's a cultural thing if it's if if the top brass in the company believes in it and uses yeah. it and if you set it up if you set it up right you know like meaning that you get nice equipment there's good there's a good amount of room you have showers you provide even soap you know, so so people don't have to bring their own soap, like like high yeah. like a high end gym. If you if you so say like for us we have uh, maybe forty say forty people in this office. So we've got offices all over the place and and a, and a bunch of people elsewhere. So forty people in this office. You know, would it be would it be beneficial to build or or take an area and put in nice equipment? And if you had if you had twenty five percent of the people, so ten people use the facility a majority of the week, you know, for gym times, whatever, would it, would it be beneficial? Yeah, I, I, I think it would. I would, I think I would spend more time. I would spend more time here because I wouldn't have to travel to the gym. And, right. and if it was nice, as nice as the gym that I go to, then, you know, why not? I, I know for me, I could put the nicest gym in the world in my house and I wouldn't use it because it's in the house, and I could always say, "Well, let me just eat this Twinkie here, and I'll just go to the gym later." <laughs> well, and I will say, for me personally, this is one of the areas where uh, my wife and I differ a little bit, you know, differ a little bit on the whole working out thing. Uh, what drives me to work out is working out with others. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I like CrossFit is because you know I've got encouragement, and there's other people, and you know things like that. Whereas working out to her is just she can go for a walk by herself or she can do the treadmill and be just happy as mm. can be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I think that, uh, you're right. Working out at home, uh, I would much less rather do that than at least having something at work where, you know, you're inter still interacting with people. Now, again, I still like the idea of going somewhere else cause I'm interacting with other people than, than the people I work with, yeah. you know, cause I don't want to work out and talk about work. Well, that's true. Yeah. You know, you know, I just, that would just, that would just drive me bananas after a while because for me, working out is one of those times where I'm trying to let go of work. Mm -hmm. 
And you need you know, that. So you that's the only part of that. Yeah, and so that's one of the drawbacks to me to to you know having a a facility at work is now I'm working out with the same people I work with all day long, and most likely our topics are going to be around um, work. <laughs> right. So do you do you have a, do you so, have a wellness? And I guess going back to like the wellness program, what is the wellness? What is a wellness program? And how how do you how do you implement it? Is it another is it another program du jour? You know, like we've talked about these things where you try to increase productivity, you hire some consultant to come in and and they give you some some nonsense and then you fade away from the program within two or three months. Like right. how, how do you think how do you think a wellness program, a formal wellness program would stick and be uh, effective? Well, so to me, you've got two scenarios and you bring up a good point there in that the the word formal you use the word formal i think that that's one avenue where i think the company can can go down the path of having an informal program or a formal program the formal program is actually going to be more in depth and i think that your goal is that you're truly trying to address your the health of your organization because most of the times when you when you're doing a formal wealth uh, uh wellness program you're actually doing it through some sort of company. That company provides a portal that allows you to log uh, information. It allows you to ca- uh, you know, gather good information. It allows you to get information on topics that you need help with. Um, and then it also goes through some sort of baseline scenario and then a testing scenario. And usually, from the ones I've, I've heard about or done in the past, um, there's some sort of, uh, uh, it affects your insurance cost in some way or another. If you're showing improvement, if you, if you meet the, you know, the required, you know, standards. Now it's up to the company to decide what, what are the, what are the standards we're going to pick for this formal program? Uh, you know, the one of the ones that I've been in included, uh, BMI, uh, it included, uh, blood pressure. It included, uh, glucose, LDL, and what's the opposite of LDL? HDL. HDL. And so those were the five measurements that they chose that they thought were important. Now, I'm sure that the the wellness program uh, in in this particular case gave them a an idea of where to go and some things they could choose from, and, and they decided what they wanted to pick and how they wanted to set it up. Uh, but I, I think there's also an informal program that the company could go through, too. And I've heard of companies um, actually handing out Fitbits mm-hmm. as gifts and they use these Fitbits to say, Hey, your, your goal is to get, um, um, you know, 10,000 steps a day and then show that, or your goal is to log, you know, an, an exercise three times a week or your goal is. And so then they gamify it in some way and they deal with it internally as opposed to having an external source you know, it really depends on your goal to me, yeah. what what the company's goal is, what the company is willing to put out as far as money goes and things like that. Which, I, you know, I almost kind of like the informal in some in some fashion because it brings in competition. I do too. <laughs> yeah. I'm very competitive. I, and I think that's Yeah, I, you know, I do too. I, I think that if a company can be creative and inventive, I think that that goes to changing the culture quicker then the less formal program of, you know, you know, measuring mm-hmm. all these different things that, 
you know, people have a hard time controlling. I think you can come up with a creative way of gamifying it uh, and allow people, like one of the ways I was thinking about is allow people to pick a, pick a path that they want to work on and then give them a, give them a, a prize at the end of the tunnel. So if they want to work on, you know, quitting smoking or if they want to lose, if they want to work on losing weight, set up a team that is the weight team. And here's the things you got to do to be on the weight team. And you, and you kind of gamify it in some way, you know? Um, so there's lots of creative things you could do if you kind of sat down and thought about it a little bit and you could keep it internal to the organization if you want to. But, you know, of course, somebody's got to, at the end of the day, somebody still does have to manage it and, you know, um, figure out how to recognize it and hand out gifts for it and all that kind of stuff. I wonder, you know, I wonder so. a formal program in any of the companies that I've been in that have had wellness programs. I wasn't, I wasn't involved at the, in the upfront setting it up to find out how much it costs. I wonder how much it costs per person, per person to have a, a wellness program. Do you have any idea? I don't, you know, the only, the only external company that I worked with was, uh, Vivaray. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, uh, I don't know, you know, how much it costs for us to s- set up that whole program, but I, I can almost guarantee it wasn't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure it was a pretty penny because I mean, they, they brought in every year, they brought in, you know, two or three, uh, licensed nurses to actually go through the program of, of, you know, weighing us and taking our blood and, you know, going through the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and I just, I, I feel as though, uh, me personally, I was always trying to, um, figure out a way around not getting it, like not doing it to where it benefited me. In other words, so in this case, you had to show improvement in three out of the five mm-hmm. areas you know, I just made sure that I got a little bit better. I didn't want to do a whole lot better because then the next year, would I make it the next year? Yeah, right. So that's true because you know that's your premiums were uh, were affected. My premiums were were affected by that, so I wouldn't want to do something to where I couldn't meet it the next See, year. That's where you you get what you pay for, you get what you measure. So all you had to do that's was exactly get, right. You so much, so much, then people were just going to do the minimum because they didn't want to set the bar too high. Right, because then the following year you'd, you'd, right. be, you'd be kicked back into the higher, the higher premium group, if if you made too big of a stride the year before. Yeah, so right. people have to realize. And that. actually, thinking about it, I think it was four out of five you had to have either in the right category or, and you know, of course, I also have a concern with the categories that they set up, um, because you always have people like myself that are kind of odd in that. Um, if you, if you, if you didn't see me and you saw all my numbers, you think you would think I was a perfectly healthy person that is the right size and the right portion, uh, for my numbers. And I have been told that by a doctor, Yeah, yeah. but I am not. And you, you, you know that I'm not, you know, but do I exercise all the time? You bet I well, do. I mean, there's, um, hey, but there's, I, you there's know. rail thin, skinny people that have high cholesterol. So it, it, it yeah. yeah, exactly you right. Can't, you can't judge a book. So that's my cover. concern with using those things. Yeah. That's right. And so, no, now, now, do I agree? Should I lose weight? You bet I do. But should I be at 190 because I'm six foot, I'm six foot two. And I think the number is I'm supposed to be at 190. 
holy cow, I haven't weighed 190 since like the sixth grade, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so I, you know, using the government standards yeah. for all that oh. kind of stuff, I don't right, know. There's your, there's you your know, first mistake right there. The government trying to provide a standard. For to go government, well, and that's what they use, though. That's what these agencies use is these standards. That So that's why I, I truly think that setting up something internally to keep people motivated is a better route if you can come up with a way that uh, you know does keep it motivated, does keep it fair, and keeps it fun. Because I think fun is the important part of this. Well, just like anything, you want to keep people interested in whether it's whether it's, whether it's the job they do or you know exercise or eating right. It, yeah, it has to be it has to be fun, and it always has to be on the top of your mind. You can't forget about it. And and I think yeah. I think driv- driving people by money isn't like money as in as in their their insurance premiums are lower because you know after the initial shock of okay well my insurance premium went up 20% last year and now I pay this many dollars out of my paycheck each each period after that they don't yeah. realize it right you you don't know you're not <laughs> right. thinking oh man that pay paycheck's coming pay period's coming and there goes $300 out of my my biweekly paycheck you're not thinking that way right you're like hey my take home pay is x and that's it which shockingly, this year our insurance did not increase. This year at all, really? Wow! A- at all? Wow. I was shocked. Why? What's the reason? Yeah, it, uh, the the broker was just able to keep the deal the same. Pretty good. Yeah, I know. That's, that's very good. We were very excited about that. Well, you know, I think that um, we just kind of want to wanted to touch on this. It seemed it seemed like a good topic for the beginning of the year. Uh, you know how deep companies should be involved in this. I don't know. You know, you spend, you spend, you know, a third of your life, you know, in in a company setting. So how can they not be involved in it? But, you know, to what degree? I don't know. Yeah, it should be, it definitely should be an aspect of the the work-life balance. If a company is, is that with it, you know, I don't want to say progressive. I don't know if that's progressive or not, or if it's just, Hey, you you want your employees. If, if really, you know, the, the, cliche phrase, you know, the employees are the most important asset. If that's the truth, then then the, the organization should have a culture of keeping them ha- healthy as well, you know, at least providing a method to keep them healthy. I, I don't like the idea of you know, Big Brother forcing you to do 100 sit-ups every day. <laughs> that's right. But, um, yeah. but you know, don't, like you say, do, sit up, do sit-ups between meetings. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine with me. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> No, actually, I think the exercise of choice should be planks. Oh, yeah? Yeah, planks are supposed to be the thing that burns it. Really? You do, if you do, yeah, if you do, uh, uh, if you do a certain number of minutes of planks a day, you'll really burn a lot of calories. Really? I did not know. I mean, I'm doing a plank is fine, but like, you know, four sets of 30 seconds and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to work up to be going longer. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. Why don't we go ahead and stop right there? This is a, a fun topic. Yeah, actually, you know, I, we, I think we, we said that we were going to do this topic, and, and I, I was at the gym the other day, and I was thinking that one, yeah. of, the, one of the rules should be that gyms, or, or I, I'm going to start a gym that you're not allowed to join in January. <laughs> That's very good. Right? Maybe January and February. <laughs> but you, you, just shut, you just shut the doors in yeah, January. No, huh? no new arrivals in January. And so the, all of the people that sign up in January and then and then – Clog up all the machines and all the space for January and February, 
and then go away by March. And then quit. Yeah. <laughs> so you can, you can only sign up if you're going to start in March. There you go. Huh. There's my. I'll let you start that, my, Jim. Yeah, my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like a profitable gym. <laughs> okay, man, why don't we go ahead and end it right All here. All right, on that note. On that note, I hope everyone has a, a great week, and we will be back with everybody hopefully next yeah, week. We'll talk to you later. See you. That's the plan. See you, Sean. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man versus Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week. Mm-hmm.